certainly some people in Edmonton. I, I don't know how much... I wouldn't say it's outrage, but certainly sort of saying, wait a minute, what's going on here? As you know, on Tuesday, Premier Daniel Smith announced an arena and event center deal for Calgary that sees $330 million in provincial money being put towards the project. Now, Edmonton's mayor, Amarjeet so he said, hey, we're happy for Calgary. That's great. They need an arena. But he went on to say, but, you know, we've got Rogers Place in the Ice District, and we asked for provincial funding 10 years ago, and we were told to pound sand. There was none available. So... What changed? What happened? Well, current city councillor, Andrew Knack, asking some of the very same questions, and uh, he's agreed to join us here on the air today, and we'll get into it. Uh, councillor Knack, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Good morning. Thanks for having me. And I, you know what? You're certainly not alone. I think there's a lot of people in Edmonton asking these questions, and I've already heard yesterday from people on the text line, oh, stop it. Don't, don't, don't you get started, Edmonton. Is it just sour grapes? Is it just, oh, hey, wait a minute, what about us? No, because it's not just about Edmonton in this conversation, right? I mean, uh, it's about municipalities across the province. Just a few months ago, or I think just less than a month ago, you had groups like Alberta Municipalities, which represents 280 municipalities across this province, say the level of infrastructure funding that is in place currently for municipalities is not enough to address the the massive need across this province for for all Albertans. So this isn't an Edmonton versus Calgary thing. This is what's right for all of Alberta? What's the right fair process to ensure infrastructure funding is being distributed in an equitable way, in a thoughtful way, and not, you know, two days before you announce uh, the start of an election? Right, of course there is that. And we'll get to that in a second, because I know you have some thoughts that I agree with on that. Um, But when we talk about this, uh, what is the, there is a framework. I mean, this is just a been removed from that framework. I mean, there is a, a system in place to make sure that municipalities are funded equally and equitably and all the rest of that stuff, but this seems to be outside of that scope. It, it is, and, and so there's two separate issues. It's the, it's the one-off nature of this and the size of that, but also the fact that even with the formula that currently is in place for municipalities, it's not nearly enough. The amount of infrastructure funding that municipalities get today compared to what they got five or six years ago has substantially been reduced. And so, you you know, trying to build roads and bridges and, and rinks and you name it, civic infrastructure uh, is much harder today for municipalities. And again, this isn't just an Edmonton thing or a Calgary thing. This is your small villages. This is your small towns. Everyone is dealing with this type of issue. And so, yeah, there's a formula, but when you're not getting nearly what needs to be provided to actually keep up with the growth of this province, that's where the other issue is. When we do contrast it towards Edmonton, and like I say, the mayor is saying, you know, what about uh, the city of Edmonton? We didn't get any funding for our project. And, and Daniel Smith did say, hey, well, wait a minute. I know there's Ice District Phase 2 that is something that's being talked about, and you might need some help there. And this is what she had to say. We can do that. For the Oilers Phase 2 expansion to go ahead, they, uh, they do need to have some assistance with infrastructure, as well as there's a, uh, a Boyle Street facility that uh, that uh, is going to be moved. And so there's a, a few things that we can do to assist Edmonton. So, I mean, does that answer some of the questions? Or are we just talking about yet another instance of stepping outside of that framework that everybody sort of uses as a, you know, this is a planning tool, I guess, more than anything I, else? I think you nailed it, which is that, you know, I, and I get there will occasionally be need 
for one-offs, not just in Edmonton and Calgary, but across this province. And yeah, there will be times that Edmonton might need something outside of a formula. But before we start talking about a specific project that we should fund, a phase two vice district or a commonwealth or you name it, can we deal with the foundational issue that that exists first? Like that to me makes far more sense. Let's deal with the foundational issue. Let's make sure we're getting what we need to provide the services that people expect. And then let's have a separate conversation after that around what the one-off should look like and how we try to make that in a more fair way and not always be responding to the way the political winds are blowing. And the other issue here, and there's no denying it, and you've spoken about this prior to this particular incident because it goes on in every single election mm-hmm. cycle, both provincially and federally. This is the way it works. The party in power spends all kinds of taxpayers' money to get themselves re-elected. You don't like that. You'd like to see some mechanism brought in where that stopped yeah it, it's infuriating it it, it 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 breeds cynicism because you know at a municipal level what we often do is we set our budgets including our capital budgets uh, in late December uh, or early December and so even the closest we would be to an election and announcing a major capital investment is 10 months before. And I think that's far more appropriate because it, it helps remove that you know, chance of you saying, oh, I need this to get reelected. I need this to, to make sure that the city's in good shape and people will love me for it. You know, that's not how we should be governing. That's not appropriate. That's not, that's not good governance. And we need to expect more of all orders of government. This shouldn't just be a municipal thing that we no. do. This should be in provincial politics. This should be in federal politics. There should be, you know, call it six months outside of an election. They shouldn't be allowed to do this type of thing because, again, it's happening provincially now. It's going to happen federally the next time. And time and time again, it treats us, I think, like, you know, well, I think it just creates cynicism for almost anyone involved because you say, oh, they're just clearly doing this to try to stay in power. And and that's not the right way we should be doing infrastructure investments in this province or in this country. How do you draw the line, though? I mean, now you get into some of the tricky, because some of the things that the province has announced, and there's been one a day, at least one a day, in terms of money for this and money for that. Some of them, you know, your own city council has said, boy, this is really good. This we really, I'm talking, you know, extra police mm-hmm. officers, uh, different supports for addiction and, and homelessness and things like that. So sometimes there are needs that need to be met within that window. Of course. And again, there's always going to be the occasional exception. But when you are talking about this, it's, it's not just one a day. I mean, there's there's multiple a day across this province. And yet the budget, the provincial budget was finalized at the end of February. What should have happened is that that budget should have been approved and then, you know, maybe give an extra month to do a couple of specific announcements of things that were already in the budget and and then have have a bit of a, a red zone. I mean, the, the the administrations provincially, federally, and municipally all have this red zone of where they do or don't do engagement to try to not, ensure they're not being seen as skewing the system. Um, politicians should have the exact same requirements. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, because it is it's so blatant in so many instances, and we've seen it year after year after year. It, it's an interesting proposition. I, I I don't think anybody's working on that though, Andrew. Are they? I mean, I haven't no. seen any progress on that front. 
No, because again, it's it feels politically advantageous to to continue to operate in a system, uh, particularly provincially and federally, where you can do that. Because you know, you might say from the outside when you're not the government, oh, you know, you shouldn't be able to do that. And then it feels like once whoever gets in government gets in government, they're like, oh, this is a pretty helpful thing. Um, and and we all just need to sort of expect better of our elected representatives and say, no, that's that's not appropriate. Stop trying to make it seem like you're just trying to, you know you know, get our votes at the last minute. What have you done over the last four-year period? Not just what have you done in the last six weeks before we vote. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's pretty tough to argue with that. I agree with you completely. Uh, Andrew, thanks so much for your time. As always, I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Have a great day.